I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? What's up, Dog Nation? That is King James for real. That is my theme music, and now it's time to kick back for another episode, another edition of Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. You guys are just stopping by for the first time in like, the, I don't know, umpteen, maybe even a thousand Wednesdays we've been doing this show so far. Uh, Before the Hedges is a show about Georgia football recruiting. We talk about the players, the prospects, the signees, the top targets on their way to Georgia before they play between the hedges. Isn't that kind of clever, kind of catchy? We didn't even need a marketing department to put that together, to put together a show called Before the Hedges. As always, brought to you by Kroger. I'm Jeff Sintel. I cover recruiting for the for, for the University of Georgia for dognation.com. And we've got another, you know, everybody's saying dead period, schmed period. It's Valentine's Day. Full disclosure, we're going to have a kind of cheesy, very cheesy, maybe Philadelphia cream cheesy portion of our Big Five. We're going to devote to Cupid's Day. We're not going to go overboard with it, but that's going to be part of our Big Five here on Dog Nation. One thing I got I got to reader, viewer, message board poster request recently, and they're like, hey, dude, what's a dead period? They wanted to know what's a dead period. And sometimes that's that's a very good question, kind of like official visit versus unofficial visit. Sometimes something simple as that people don't understand. But a dead period right now is basically college football coaches, their wives, the assistant coaches, their wives, their kids, they they out of 5,000. They are out. They're either on like uh, the the Tetons, like Coach Hartley and his and his bride are, or they are in the Caribbean, or they're uh, I think they've been in Nassau. Some Georgia coaches I've heard, so they're living it up. This is a time when not a lot of recruiting activities going on. Mostly chill. It's kind of a getaway month for a lot of college football coaches to kind of restore some sanity and some work, 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 work life balance to their to their life here and you know that's a way to do that the dead period means there can be no on-campus recruiting there can be no face-to-face recruiting of course phone calls text messages edits dms all that stuff still happens depending on uh some coaches and recruits mileage may vary a lot of recruits and a lot of high school coaches basically tell me that you know they kind of like this time after the mad dash that was January when everybody was coming through and every kind of main office looked like Grand Central Station. Um, But the dead period basically means everybody's got to chill for about a month and before everything starts up again, when campuses can open, unofficial visits can happen. Official visits, I think they can start, according to the new rules now, as early as April. Uh, Official visits, y'all, that's a whole, whole new ball of wax here as well. Official visits uh, now going forward with the new recruiting calendar. You can't take those dramatic, crazy photo shoots with recruits with an official photographer from the school or staff photographer. Can't take those now except on official visits. And I'm sure that that measure, that passage of that stipulation was cheered resoundingly by recruiting staffs everywhere. But uh, that won't happen now until official visit season. So, Right now, uh, a lot of the recruiting, face-to-face recruiting, is dead, especially the evaluation. But what's not dead is our big five this week on Dog Nation, brought to you by Kroger. We try to hit you guys with five topics that we feel are pertinent, that are relevant, that kind of have buzz right now in terms of what's going on with Georgia football recruiting. And as we start off our big five, put those five hands in the air. With number one, I think we're going to talk about probably – I'm going to say the biggest um, recruiting story so far of the week. This one dropped on Super Bowl Sunday, guys, and it was Travis Smith, the four-star wide receiver out of Westlake High School. Travis, guys, he is a terrific football player. He has been trained by Terrence Edwards, four-star recruit on 3.com, has him basically – as the nation's number eight wide receiver right now. And the young man is climbing. He wasn't even rated until this fall 
when he had a breakout season. There's a great personal story there with Travis Smith Jr. Probably going to try and have him on on Before the Hedges sometime soon live. But Travis missed all of his freshman year with kind of a it's, – it's, it's a very complicated ailment. It involved the liver enzymes and, you know, he had an – I guess it, it was referred to me as an autoimmune deficiency syndrome with his liver, with his kidneys. He missed all of his freshman year. He had to have those values – uh, the enzyme values of his liver come into contact, come into kind of balance or a greater threshold within a better safety range. And then he only played three games his sophomore season, but when he was right, he was right. Georgia offered him uh, in the summer before his junior season. Travis went on to have like 50 catches, 900 yards almost, and 11 touchdowns. And his rankings have been consistently climbing. And look at this. Travis announces his top eight schools on Super Bowl Sunday, and Travis, that's a graphic there produced by On3, but um, he trims his list to eight schools. Um, we kind of we broke it down a little bit with Travis. Um, one of the things we wrote about with him is he wanted to know, what do these schools have in common? These eight, those eight schools have great offenses, and I'm excited to see what these schools have in store for the, this upcoming season. He also told me, he said, he fe- if I felt it was right putting those eight out there just to narrow communication and let others know the schools I'm all about. Here's what's cool or interesting for me. You see those eight schools down there, and the University of Georgia has arrived at a point for a receiver. One of the things I put together in my story, kind of breaking down the top eight there for Travis, is not only does Georgia have the best record among those eight over the last two seasons, the dogs are 28 and 1. The next best school there is Alabama, of course. They're 23 and 4. Tennessee's next after that, 20 and 6. Kind of shout out, kudos, hat tip there to Georgia Tech being in a top eight list with their bigger brother, the Dogs, uh, for a 2025 prospect. But you look at some of the other records Auburn was 11 and 14, Colorado was 5 and 19, Georgia Tech, the Jackets were 12 and 13. Ole Miss was 19 and 7, and Oklahoma was 16 and 10. But here's the kicker, folks. And this is a, a hat tip to Todd Munkin and Mike Bobo. Uh, Georgia has the 11th passing offense in this group, and they have the fifth total offense in that group. Guys, the only other school that's kind of elevated above Georgia, at least in at least in those two metrics, is Oklahoma. They were sixth in passing offense and third in total uh, offense, and that kind of um, basically uh, not very defensive-minded Big 12 conference they played in a year ago. Going to be interesting to see if the Sooners even get anywhere near that in 2024 with an SEC schedule. But look at that. Not only does Georgia have the defense, not only does Georgia have the wins, but you look at their passing offense, you look at their total offense, and Georgia is a national leader in those categories. I think Carson Beck was top five nationally and everything. And, you know, one thing to think about there, you know, it's the offense. One of the things that Travis told me is he said, Georgia doesn't keep any secrets. Georgia makes it very clear to him that, uh, you know, they pretty much keep everything real on real. They tell you what your, that your flaws are and all that. And um, he kind of, he just kind of says he's got a great relationship with Brian McClendon. Both of those guys are for the go. Both of those guys are, are from the A, uh, from the Atlanta area. There's a vibe. There's an easy kind of camaraderie or an easy dialogue there between those guys. And let's face it, folks. Travis Smith is named a top eight. I think that's huge. I think this is a guy Georgia was in on early. He likes to block. Georgia has prioritized him. He's in state. I've written already this cycle that if Georgia don't get a guy like this a top 10 wide receiver, at least according to on three right now. And I think he's still a top 20 receiver on the on three industry ranking and also on the 24 seven sports composite scale. If Georgia doesn't sign a player like Travis Smith in this cycle, good luck. I mean, Georgia might just be, you know, as well as Brian McClendon develops, because there's true development going on, going on there at Georgia. You can see that with Dylan Bell. You can see that with Lad McConkie. Uh, you can see that with Anthony Evans, the third, you can see that with a lot of guys that, have kind of shown out for Georgia, but not only is there a really good development going, but he's getting guys into the league. And if Georgia can't bring in these top 
wide receivers when maybe the top five receivers in the country now are commanding very strong NIL kind of packages or inducements or opportunities, whatever you want to call it. Georgia can't sign a guy like Travis Smith Jr. It's going to be very hard for them to do so in the years to come and the recruiting cycles to come. Now, some smart folks that are watching tonight will say, well, Jeff, does that really matter? Look what Georgia's done. They're winning ball games. They're finding guys like A.B. Mitchell and Lad McConkey and Dylan Bell and those guys every cycle are those kind of hidden gins, and it hasn't hurt the dog so far. But sooner or later, I think Georgia's going to have to show they can do it. They've got a quarterback that's a pro-level quarterback. Uh, what Georgia would look like with an NFL quarterback running the show, I think you see a lot of that right there. So Travis Smith drops his top eight. Uh, he's probably going to take official visits to all those schools. I do think the dogs are right there in the mix for Travis Smith. And this one is a very interesting recruitment that I'll watch because wide receivers have been so hard for Georgia to sign over the last few years. And frankly, they've just kind of got a two-step now of saying, you know, they went and got Ra Ra Thomas, a starter at Mississippi State, Dominic Lovett, a starter out of Missouri. And then they added three more transfer portal receivers in this cycle where Maybe the dogs, that's just kind of their bread and butter, and they may very sparingly sign only like two or three developmental uh, wide receivers out of the high school ranks. Uh, Disclaimer there, Georgia signed, I think, a really uh, terrific uh, game breaker, at least a top 20 wide receiver, a top 150 overall prospect in Nitro Showtime Tuggle. He was an All-American as well. And also the kind of criminally underrated uh, Sokovi White uh, out of Cass High School as well. So, but by and large, you see a trend here forming where Georgia is looking to the transfer portal for their impact, their most productive, most talented wide receivers. Folks, that is your number one item on your big five here on Before the, before the Hedges. Brought to you by Kroger. Guys, one thing we're going to talk about here is the next thing up on our list and our show is, um, and this is, I kind of warned you about this, First of all, hopefully everybody that's watching tonight have gotten either their candy hearts or they've gotten their stuffed bears. I hear the cool kids now like to get squishmallows. Squishmallows. I believe I got that right. Um, besides like, uh, you know, the flowers, you know, we've reached a point where red roses are kind of blasé. But um, the nod tonight on Cupid's Day here to – um, Valentine's Day here on Before the Hedges. And, hey, folks, if you need to get your Valentine's Day stuff, just go to Kroger. You can find the aisle. They'll take care of you. They'll get you everything you want, even the, the Russell Stover chocolate hearts. They'll get you maybe some leftovers, maybe some maybe some slimmer pickings. Good luck trying to find greeting cards maybe at 8 o'clock tonight when uh, Before the Hedges going. But if you're sitting there scurrying trying to get your uh, Valentine's Day stuff after you watch Before the Hedges, well, then I salute you. But – I've got three players in the 2024 signing class that I think they're kind of going to steal your hearts. And, you know, we, we kind of describe this as three players to love. Kind of my criteria for here is, is, you know, not a lot of buzz, maybe not even on campus, and guys that, you know, really, really, I think you watch them play across the, the Georgia careers. They're probably not one of the 15 guys people will name or the 10 most exciting players in the class, but just you wait. I think they're going to steal your hearts. We got a list here of all these guys right here, and, you know, props to uh, Miss Mansell for she's a Valentine's Day lady at heart, very sentimental, drops a heart there on our graphic. I think that's the first heart uh, in the history of uh, Before the Hedges graphics. We've upgraded a lot, but that's our first heart right there, but, I think uh, one of those is the four-star tight end, Benjamin Urosek. He only had about 20 catches a year ago. That was due to some injuries. The two previous seasons, he was all – his after his junior season in 2022, he was a second-team all-pack all 12, pack 10, and he had uh, 40 catches in both of those seasons. I think Ben's that type of guy. He is an effort player. He is a very, very big um, – Size, physical, mash, masher type body. Georgia can get into 12 personnel with Ben. He's got a basketball background. I love telling the story. I think we told it last week on Before the Hedges where Urasek was actually not only the athlete of the year for his high school 
classification out in California. He was also the uh, basketball player of the year for his high school classification as well. Um, Jim Nagy of the Senior Bowl said he kind of thought that Todd Hartley recruited another NFL tight end. And this is a young man that's been at Stanford, so you know the the brains are out the wazoo. And then he's also uh, been in college football since 2020, his first season. So that's a grown man, a real dude right there. Benjamin Urasek, number two, another guy that's not on campus yet. I try, I try to bring some guys here that you might have forgotten, you might not know about because there's no buzz coming out of these guys from off-season workouts. If, for those that watch the show on campus, uh, always cool kind of linking up with current UGA students that tell me they, they read our stuff on Dog Nation or they watch our stuff on all of our socials and all of our streaming platforms. Well, Dwight Phillips and other guys not on campus. He's got a pretty good job, pretty big job here this spring. Dwight Phillips, the running back out of Pebble Brook High School in Mableton in the metro Atlanta area. Dwight Phillips, who already owns a 10.24 PR uh, laser timed in Georgia high school track. He's going to try to run 10 flat. He's going to try to run 10.10. He's going to try to set a Georgia high school state record that was set just a year ago. He's going to try and break that one uh, running in this final high school track season. Um, Stupid fast. I mean, I can get into a debate with a lot of folks, but to see a young man, if Dwight Phillips goes even 10-1-5, that was faster than Tyreek Hill ran when he was a high school athlete in the state of Georgia. If he cracks into 10-1-0, I know there's some folks that remember Herschel Walker running really fast uh, 40-something years ago now when he was a high school kid, and especially when he was at Georgia. But to me, if you have a young man coming in, uh, Dwight Phillips, who's Father is a many-time long-jump world champion, gold medalist as well. Uh, if you have Dwight Phillips coming to University of Georgia, let's say running a 10.10, I'm going to put his name squarely in the discussion, if not kind of stand on the table and say that's probably the fastest high school football recruit that the Bulldogs have ever brought into uh, campus in Athens. So that's pretty cool there. Um, third guy here is Nasir Johnson. He's actually still at Dublin High School as well in Dublin, Georgia. He was a late Florida flip in the class. On three, actually has him, I believe, might be 24-7 sports. They have him as a top 55-ish, top 60 overall prospect. He's the guy when he committed. We shared with you guys all those videos about um, him him doing kind of backflips and somersaults and stuff like that. And he's, like, grown a lot too, guys. I don't know if you've heard this, but he's – Kind of closing in on 6'6 right now will be a great trench monster for Travion Scott in the um, in the SEC. And he's just going to get a late start, perhaps, was not showing up until late May or June. But Nasir Johnson out of Dublin High School is another guy that will, uh, on this list of, I think, three signees in 2024 that are going to steal your heart when you finally get to watch him play at the University of Georgia. And really with Dwight Phillips, he's just going to make your heart race because Every time he touches the ball, I want to take you back to that feeling when Dion was in Atlanta and he got his hands on a pick or he, he got a touch on offense later on with like the 49ers or the Cowboys or a kick return or a punt return in, in the ATL. Anytime Dion touched the ball, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? Can he take it to the house? Can he score this football? And I think you'll get some of those same vibes once you see Dwight Phillips rolling and maybe – after maybe one season in the weight room and everything else at the University of Georgia. But those are three signees. They're not on campus yet. They're very much under the radar. But I think eventually if we had to have a, a cheesy category for Valentine's Day here on Before the Hedges. That's your category right there on, uh, on Before the Hedges right there. All right, guys, that's number two. And while we're kind of going through this, I want to ask you guys, um, is there any – are there any um, – I guess are there any recruits right now, any signees right now that already have your heart? Um, is there one guy that – one signee that you already kind of hitched your wagon to and said, that's my guy, that's the guy I'm going to go for right there? Uh, feel free to drop those in the comments below. A lot of good names, a lot of good names to talk, talk about there, especially with Georgia signing the class that they do right there. Each and every, they do each and every year. Now, coming up, number three on the big three, and I guess what it means if you're in – Technical studio jargon. We're moving around here. I'm looking at camera three, but 
there's a big camp uh, this weekend in Atlanta. It's at Carrollton High School. Carrollton, I think, has facilities probably as nice as any football program in the state of Georgia, except for maybe the University of Georgia. I know that there have been some indoor facilities coming up around South Georgia. Lee County's got some, got a great one. Lowndes High has a great one. Um, you, move, you keep moving all around. A lot of schools are upgrading facilities. Buford's going to upgrade it, has upgraded its facilities as well. But Carrollton High, obviously home of five-star quarterback J- Julian J.J. Lewis, but they're hosting the Under Armour All-American next camp on Sunday. And really, it's a very – it's kind of like in the middle of the dead period. It always is, right in the middle, a little earlier here this this month. But you've got players that won't even play in the Under Armour All-American game. And there's some guys that will go there because they want to try to be evaluated and earn their spot in the Under Armour All-American game. But you get to go out there. There's a ton of media there. And then you uh, basically – get to get great competition against some of the best players in the Southeast. You get to have good reps, perhaps, against other five-stars, other All-Americans. Uh, it really is a time for you to kind of check your oil as a recruit to see how good you are. Um, Ethan Barbour, a guy that's going to be our Dog Nation conversation in our show a little bit later, he's going to be there. C.J. Wiley, I believe, a talented uh, wide receiver out of um, Milton High School. I kind of also expect him, him to be there. Also, a lot of the offensive linemen in the state of Georgia. It's really a good camp. You're going to get linemen work. You're going to get quarterbacks working. You're going to get receivers and linebackers kind of covering one another. Under Armour always tries to have some fun with it with some really cool gear. But for me, that's the thick of camp season underway when the Under Armour All-American next camp. Remember the days of there used to be the Nike opening and the opening regionals? You don't have that anymore. So really the Under Armour camp in Atlanta is that big national flagship and all the recruiting services will be there. A lot of recruiting reporters will be there. A lot of players within the Southeast will be there. You'll have 2025s, 2026s and 2027s as well. So you'll have a lot of, uh, you'll have a lot of players there. We'll be there. Dog Nation will be there. We'll have uh, interviews, footage, tweets, stories galore coming out of that, but really big camp in Atlanta. Uh, Really one of those, one of those places where, Guys can kind of elevate their stock and show how much they've improved since a lot of them played in November. You can see body changes. You can also hear storyline changes in the arcs of their respective recruitments as well. So big recruiting activity, big recruiting event um, this weekend in Atlanta for everything else. Uh, For the 2025 class mostly, but there's a lot of it. Um, Next up, we've got – I was kind of looking through – I was kind of looking to, and this is number four, number four in our big five here on Before the Head, just brought to you by Kroger. We, I was kind of looking at the most recent um, 2025 24-7 sports composite. You got names. Here, here, here I'm just going to roll through some names here for a second. These are guys that are among the top twenty-five. Uh, we can see kind of the, they are already the going up a little bit because they are already the guys that are kind of, um, I guess you would say that they are kind of in the mix for five-star consideration. And these are the guys that I think Georgia is recruiting, recruiting heavily. You got David Sanders Jr., number number two. You're going to hear about him. Elijah Griffin, number three. You're going to hear about him. These guys are mainstays on the top targets. Uh, going down the list, Julian Juju Lewis out of Carrollton. Uh, number nine, uh, Justice Terry. Julian was number eight, by the way. Justice Terry out of Manchester, already a Georgia commit, is number nine. Zayden Walker out of Schley County in Ellaville. He is the number one linebacker in the country, number 10 overall recruit. Elias Williams, number 13 overall recruit, already committed to Georgia. Going down the list, there's a lot of guys. Josh Petty, number 20. Um, He is a – Josh Petty, number 20 out of Fellowship Christian. He's a five-star, number 20 overall prospect. Zion Grady out of Enterprise High School in Alabama. Um, Zion just moved uh, over the offseason from Charles Henderson of Troy to Enterprise, Alabama. Uh, he's a former Alabama commit. He's decommitted. Number one line, outside backer edge in the country, number 23 overall. Uh, Dijon Lee, a, quarter, a cornerback, another five-star cornerback cor- out of uh, California. That's a guy that Dante Williams, the new cornerback's coach, has a relationship with as well. Uh, going down the list, you've got um, Jared Smith. He's number 29. 
uh, number three edge in the country out of Alabaster, Alabama. Uh, Jonte Gilbert out of Douglas, Frederick Douglas in Atlanta, Georgia. You've kind of got the top 30 right there in the country. And if you look at Georgia's track record, you look at Georgia's, I guess, what they've signed over the past four or five years, and that was going against Nick Saban at Alabama. Georgia has averaged five, five, a quintet of five stars in every class. And that's what I'm kind of going to set the over-under here for how many five stars that Georgia will sign in the 2025 class. I think Georgia is going to go over that number in this cycle. You're going to have a few things happen. You're going to have some re-rankings. You're going to have some re-evaluations. But, you know, we just rattled off maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's ten out of that top 30. I think Georgia can sign six of those ten at least and maybe – another guy that kind of moves in there. Like nobody knew Joseph Jonah Ajanye or even Chris Cole were going to be five stars in the 2024 class. Nobody even looked at those guys as top 100 prospects at this time a year ago. But I think the number, especially with no Nick Saban in Alabama and really kind of everything kind of going not the way it should in Tuscaloosa right now, I think Georgia's going to hit the over there for the five stars in the 2025 class. Uh, and I think they're going to sign more than their kind of usual five right there. Do you guys, you guys have a take? Do you see Georgia signing that many? Do you see Georgia having that much success in the 2025 class? Love to hear what you guys have to say in the comments below. Um, here on Before the Head, just brought to you by Kroger. Speaking of which, uh, we mentioned Kroger's going to help you out, folks, if, you, if you're last minute, if you're last minute trying to get everything going for Valentine's Day. But right now, there's Kroger Chef Jr. now through March 16th. Kroger Chef Jr. is calling all aspiring kids chefs. Come join your local Kroger Chef for a guided kids cooking experience making melon ball parfait on March the 2nd and March the 16th at select Kroger locations. Each Kroger Chef Jr. is a 30-minute class where your child receives an apron and a patch, a chef's hat, a recipe card, and a holder, and a melon melon baller for only $7 per child. Register for your time period today at KrogerChefJr.com. I tell you what, a melon ball parfait. That sounds like something uh, you might not get at uh, a Kroger. You might not expect to get at a Kroger, but it sounds like really good stuff there. Fifth up, last up, put your five fingers in the air, wave them like you do care. You're on Before the Head just brought you by Kroger. It would not be a big five without a chat. With a Georgia Target, a Georgia Commit, a Georgia Newsmaker. We've got some pretty cool ones coming up for you in the next few weeks. But right now, I thought, it'd be, I thought it was going to be cool to check in with Georgia. A Georgia commitment. Guy's been committed for a while. Seems like a perfect fit for Hartley in the Georgia football offense. Talking about tight end Ethan Barbour out of Alpharetta High School. Let me see if I can set up this Dog Nation conversation just a little bit. Very thankful to Ethan and also... Coach Jason Curvin at Alpharetta High for his time, for help for helping us kind of get this interview set up and squared away this week. But um, Ethan's there's only really a, like a very select schools he's talking to right now. He's very much narrowed it down. One of the schools that he hears from that's trying to flip him away from Georgia would be Auburn. Uh, relationships are being built, offensive coordinator, everything else. Auburn's really trying, but right now. He's still 100% locked in with Georgia, and you'll learn a few reasons why here on this week's Dog Nation Conversation with Ethan Barbour. Ethan Barbour, man, thanks for the time. Uh, 2025 Georgia commit. I guess I want to ask you, I guess this is the time of year when everybody kicks the tires on you and says, what do we got to do? Just come visit. How much do you love Georgia? Like, how does it still feel right about Georgia, though? You still feel locked in with Georgia? How do you feel about that? Uh, Yeah, I still feel uh, 100% locked in with Georgia right now. Um, You know, I like everything they do there. I like Coach Hartley. feel uh, great that he could be my – maybe he could be my coach. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. I think it was Bo – no, it wasn't Bo Walker's Travis Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, like, that's one guy, you're one guy he's been hearing from. Yeah. I even texted you about him, and you said this is what we could use, an X receiver. Like, 
if you think about the guys you want to bring into the class with you, who are, who's at the top of the list for you? Oh, so Trav and CJ. CJ Wiley, uh, he, we used to play together, so he goes to Milton now. So them two, so I have a really close connection with them. Uh, talking to Elijah Griffin when he was there, trying to get him to commit. Uh, who else have I been talking to? I talked to a couple of linebackers that have been there, a couple of safeties. Uh, talked to Jonte Gilbert, my guy down there at Frederick Douglass, mm-hmm. uh, trying to talk, talking to him. So I, the people that have been there, I make connections with them, trying to get them to commit, see how they feel about the G. So uh, it's been actually been a really great experience, you know, meeting other recruits, you know, because one day you'll play with them or play against them. Some recruiters, some players that recruit for the class they're committed to, especially charismatic guys like yourself. They're up front with They're like, hey, this is why you should play here. This is what we'll do. You know, the guys, even though they have the personality for it, they're chill. They're like, man, I'm going to let you fill it out. I'm going to give you some advice, and then you're going to make your move based off that. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you like for this class? Um, I guess I'm the essential recruiter. You know, usually when you think of a recruiter, it's probably going to be the quarterback. The quarterback used because they're, they're like, the head, the head of the, the head of the body, you know, they do everything. So, but right now we don't have a quarterback. So, um, me, I've, I've stepped into that role. You know, I have a good personality. I'm an outgoing person. So, um, I've been seeing how people feel. Uh, you know, coaches have been telling me who they want, who they're trying to get to come to the G. So, you know, I've been uh, trying to make some shake in terms of that. And I've also been recruiting people. Well, you did throw a touchdown pass in the California Power mm-hmm. Tournament recently. Yeah. So, you, you're moonlighting at least a little bit as a quarterback. You mentioned C.J. Wiley. I'm actually going to go see C.J. tomorrow at Milton. Mm-hmm. What would he bring? What, what What do you like about his game as a potential teammate in the huddle with you? Oh, um, C.J., you know, he got he, he's tall, long, got game break speed. You know, um, he's been working on that since freshman years, like track. He Right at the football season, you know, I, I play basketball, but he goes straight into the track. So he he's like almost sub-10 guy. Um, I mean, not something so, like 10, 10, 9, 10, 9, 10, 8 guy, but that's that's fast. You're 6'5, I mean, you're 6'5, and you run away from kids like that, you know, it's it's hard to guard you. And then you got Trav on the other side. So he he just go up and get it. CJ go up and get it too. And then, so you have two guys like that, you'd be unstoppable. I think, uh, obviously, you're in the class with Elias. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to try and pull Elias out there. How great would it be for you to play with him? It'd almost be like, you could be the Brock, and he he could be the Darnell, I guess, mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, what would it like to be in an offense with that guy? Oh, uh, man, we just complement each other so well. You know, um, I can block, he can block, he can run routes, I can run routes. So it's like when you have two guys that are elite as me and him, um, it's gonna be really hard to stop us because you can you can put us in a run game, then you don't even have to take us off the field. You can put us in the pass game too. So it makes it's it, it we can dictate defenses defenses and um we can do whatever we want to do on offense so when you have two elite tight ends um like for example georgia did last year they got oscar they had oscar and they had bowers you have two tight ends like that that can run routes and they can block you know they were dictating defenses they can run the ball they were throwing deep shots when they used to play action they run a lot of play action so um you can do you can use a pro style offense just like in the nfl you committed to georgia you were very confident maybe it's been a year like six to eight months since then like what keeps you committed to, to the g is it new things or is it the same old stuff that attracted you to georgia in the first place um same old things and then you know there's also the new things that comes with it as well you know every, every school is gonna have new things that they're preaching to you but it's really the it's really the base the ground of how um they got me to commit in the first place it's always going to be those type of things Kind of thought about Juju. That's what the fans are all talking about. What oh, do you think about that? Uh, so my boy Kay, he go here. Uh, he got a really close connection with Juju. Um, I've been talking to Juju too, trying to get him to commit. You know, um, so I've been uh, keeping close contact with him. Big picture, one last one. Um, this is the NIL era. Mm-hmm. How do you look at that, man? Like, like a lot of the fans, a lot of the people say, like, this kid could love the school, and then all of a sudden somebody drop a big bag. Like, and it's, it's kind of negative, it's kind of positive. Like in my job, if somebody said, oh, I went, I went to work for the media company that offered me the most money, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh man, great for you. But with a player, sometimes it, it's like, you're chasing short-term, short-term success over long-term success. How do you look at NIL? And like, I'm sure you've been approached by it, but how do you process it? Um, my thought is go to a school for the school and not the bag. Um, of course, you know, a bag plays a part in it because uh, you, you know, you want to be set up, but I think that you should go to a school first and then focus on the money afterward because, of course, um, 
you're you're wanting to set your you want to set yourself up for life earlier, but the main goal is the main goal: get to the NFL. If you go to a good school, a good school that can develop you, you're gonna make it to the NFL. You're gonna get that bag later rather than earlier. But um, I mean, some people's terminology, some people's uh, philosophy is that uh, they want to get the bag first. They want to do get get the cars, the the clothes, and all that. But um, I mean, I just want to make I just want to go to a school that can put me in the NFL so I can get that later. Um, provide for my family, you know, get back to the community, do a lot of stuff, and then um, I'll focus on the bag a little later. But uh, with this NIL stuff, I mean, I guess it is like the norm now. So of course you want to get paid, but not the highest bidder doesn't always have to get the commitment. Ethan Barbour, thank you for your time. Hashtag throw the tight end. Hashtag interview the tight end, man. Yes, sir. Throw to the tight end. Thanks for spending some time with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Ethan, man, I tell you, he is charming, charismatic, good teammate, vocal, demonstrative. I'm going to tell you this. He can play at Georgia, no doubt. Skill set alone. But what's going to make him successful in a great Georgia Bulldog is character, work ethic, mindset, uh, competitive streak, competitive culture, like that competitive gene he has in him. I mean, that young man loves to work. Uh, He relates well to his teammates. You can see there, he talked about how Georgia doesn't have a quarterback commitment in this class, and he's trying to take up the role of kind of the the yard barker or kind of the ringmaster recruiter right now in the absence, in the void of a quarterback recruit, the guy that kind of organizes it and everything else. He's great in that. He loves to be a physical tight end. He'll go to, like, the inside drill and also the one-on-ones. He talked about who he's recruiting. Yeah, I'm sure you guys paid attention to that. He mentioned C.J. Wiley at Milton, a great receiver. I believe led the state in receiving yards a year ago. And those two guys used to play together. And then he also talks about uh, Julian Juju Lewis. He talks about Zayden Walker. And a lot of his comments centered on what it would be like if he's in an offense one day at Georgia with C.J. Wiley on one side and then uh, Travis Smith Jr. on the other. Folks, if Georgia can pull that one off, You guys should be dancing in the streets. You guys should be sending Valentines to Brian McClendon and Mike Bobo for the recruiting job they did this year in the class to add two really strong in-state receivers like this. I mean, we're going to write about Wiley. We're going to talk about Wiley. But Wiley's like a 6'4", 6'5 guy, runs track. He runs the 200 and the 400. I believe he's under 11 seconds in the 100 meters. He's productive. He's very long. He was trained by Terrence Edwards as well. So that's a lot like right there in terms of uh, Ethan Barbour. We'll have a little bit more on Ethan Barbour on some of our social channels. We talked to him. We talked to his head coach, Jason Curvin at Alpharetta as well. We got some really good uh, Ethan Barbour stories. Hashtag throw to the tight end. So we'll be able to share a lot more with him about him, excuse me, in the coming days. And I tell you what, you good people, you thought I was so cheesy and you thought I was so cheesy coming to the world with uh, um, some uh, – some Valentine stuff. The University of Georgia's football account, I believe this is the, uh, uh, this is the uh, football UGA account, uh, the main football U- UGA account. They got into the Valentine spirit too as well. And they sent out some uh, edits. I don't know if you've seen these guys yet on, on Twitter. But uh, the first one is a picture of uh, Shmile Munden in a big font. It says, you make me smile. Uh, there's also one with Tate Ratledge. Somehow they've minimized the flowing mane of hair for Mr. Ratledge here, but it says, I'll guard your heart. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I still like smile the best. Uh, that's the leader. But then you've got Malachi Starks, arms folded, big smile. Uh, when I'm with you, Starks fly. Like that one, like that one. And then the last one is Brett Thorson, who's got a pose that really doesn't fit the message, but it says, let's kick it later, question mark. Uh, and uh, the the tweet, uh, the body of the tweet says, for that special someone. I tell you, uh, smile's obviously perfect for it, but you got the punter saying, let's kick it later. And then you've got, when I'm with you, Starks fly. And then Tate Ratledge guarding people's hearts. I think that's very funny. It's very clever. I like how people can laugh at themselves and laugh at themselves, and kind of embrace a moment like that. And uh, so Before the Hedges is not the only one. It looks like the 
UGA's main social account also uh, is guilty of doing that as well uh, today. Um, guys, that's been your big five. Hope you guys, uh, we rep through that. Dead period, no de- dead period. Uh, the dogs can, uh, still a lot to talk about with covering recruiting, covering the dogs. Um, let me see here. Uh, next up, we've got our question of the week. Question of the week. We usually try to stock these up about two or three at a time. Always appreciate the graphics. A lot of times we focus a lot on the signees. We focus a lot on the um, guys that signed in December. There were also the transfer portal guys. Those transfer portal guys all came in in January. If it feels like Georgia has been adding players and losing players in the roster for about three consecutive months, that's because they have been. Um, And the the question of the week this week kind of, dovetails and kind of focuses on that. The question of the week is which one of the transfer portal signees do you think will make the biggest early impact at Georgia? And for, uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say, what you think about it. I think there's an obvious answer, um, but everybody's going to focus on the offensive guy there. If I had to go for uh, an alternate path and audible away from the obvious answer, I'd bring up a line. I'd bring up the only signee from the portal. Well, one of only two signees from the portal um, in this class. And there's two of them, I think, on defense that you better watch out for. One of those is Xavier McLeod. Xavier McLeod is a South Carolina transfer. He was Mr. Football in the state of South Carolina for 2023, the 2023 class. And uh, he transferred to Georgia. His final two was basically Georgia and South Carolina. He felt like, you know, he got a chance to hit the reset button on that decision, uh, did Xavier. And now he's in Athens. Now he's a dog. But what he brings to the table might take him a minute. Might be a culture, you know, fit there as well. He redshirted last year at South Carolina, only played in four games, and then kind of decided he knew he was going to transfer, so he only played in four games. But then um, he comes to Athens, and I think he right away, he started showing up in Athens, been there for a few weeks now. I think it already looks like he's one of the most talented two or three defensive linemen in the room. Overall talent, I think he's a guy that um, Travion Scott and Georgia can do a lot with, especially when they're bringing in a lot of 2024 signees that are also talented. It's just going to take a minute for them to marinate to play in that grown man league, which is the SEC. So that year of age is going to help Xavier a lot. And the other guy to think about, and I know everybody's going to mention uh, Trevor Etienne, which they should, or maybe even London Humphreys, who – I uh, got a scouting report from a former teammate at Vanderbilt, A.J. Swan, about London, and they think he has great start-stop. They think he has very elusive, great ball skills. It's not just him being fast and being six foot three, six foot four, and having really strong production as a first-year player in the SEC, but he has a suddenness to him where he can make guys miss and he can create separation. Lots of good, lots of good picks here, but then you also got to think about Jake Pope, a guy that's been with Travaris Robinson. Uh, during the last season at Alpharetta, last season at Alabama, excuse me. I've got Ethan Barbour on my mind at Alpharetta High School. But that's a guy to watch out for. He's a guy that you think about who's going to take in that role about, you know, who's the opposite Malachi Starks with no Javon Bullard or maybe no Tyke Smith. I, I, think, I think Jake Pope is a guy that could come in and probably make some noise for Georgia. Be very curious to see what he looks like at G-Day. I think G-Day will tell us if it was kind of an instant fit with Jake Pope and Georgia, Travaris Robinson and everything else like that. It'd be very interesting. But there's some other guys that I want you guys to think about in the 2024 class besides the signees and besides the, you know, the easy, the easy answers to say one of those receivers, Michael Jackson, Colby Young, London Humphreys, maybe a, you know, obviously a Trevor Etienne as well. But some of those transfer portal guys, you got – we mentioned Benjamin Urosek earlier in our show as well. So lots more variety there to think about than just the pure high school signees. And one of the things we've got to make note of here on this show is these seven transfer portal guys, it's kind of a new, new high, and it kind of shows the shifting and changing of the guard as Georgia tries to adapt to college football. Um, they don't really take a lot of portal guys. They, I think the two previous cycles prior to that, they only took in two transfer portal transfers, and then they go all the way up to seven here with the 2024 cycle for the 2024 season. So very interesting stuff uh, there to take a look at. 
right there. Now, next up, uh, we got our weekly things we always like to talk about. Let's take a look at that class breakdown right now. No changes since our last show. Three guys on offense. Uh, Elias Williams, we mentioned him earlier as a five-star. Ethan Barbour, I think he's right around number 120, 130 in the country. You got the three-star at Cedar Grove, Bo Walker. Um, Bowden Walker is actually his first name. It's been shortened to Bo because it's just cooler that way. Uh, those are your offensive commitments right now. Georgia's currently uh, got five total commitments right there. The two commitments on the defensive side of the ball, you got a five-star in uh, Justice J. Terry out of Manchester High School. Number two defensive line prospect in the country. And then you got Jaden Perlotti at Buford High School. Longtime commitment. Been committed since December of 2022, I believe. Um, Jaden, talked to him a lot. Jaden still, he's really rocking the G, still recruiting guys, still feels comfortable with the G. Um, his rankings, I noticed his rankings have kind of crept back up a little bit. I think he's a top 55 overall player on the composite. And uh, 24-7 Sports now has him as a top 25-ish. I think he's number 25 overall in the country. Those are your two uh, uh, commitments right now in the 2025 class on the defensive side of the ball. And you look at Georgia right now, the snapshot, currently Georgia's eighth, which is kind of weird. It's kind of it's, it's kind of way too early to worry about it because Georgia's going to close so, so, so strong. Like I said earlier, I'm the guy that thinks they'll, they'll have at least uh, – they'll, they they'll get up to six five-star signees in this class. But taking a look at the snapshot right now, you take a look at how Georgia's doing. They're number eight in the country uh, with five commitments, three on offense, two on defense. I don't anticipate a special team signee this year. All five of them are in state. This might be the year when Georgia, if they really clean up with their major targets, they end up with maybe 18 guys in the class, 15, 16, 17, 18 guys in the class from the state of Georgia. And that would be a reversal of a trend. Two five stars, that's Elias Williams and Jay Terry. Uh, three top 50 commits, uh, three top 100 commits, uh, th- four top 150 commits. Four top 200 commits. Borden Bo Walker is obviously a three-star, so he's not inside the nation's top 200. As stated earlier, all the commitments are from the state of Georgia, and there are three offensive players amongst those five commitments right now at this time. And you know what this time means? It means it's top targets time. Check it out right here. Top targets. Uh, you see Jared Smith, Alabaster, Alabama. Mason Short, be watching for information from Mason Short this week. He had planned to go to a top four, I believe, the former Alabama commitment, the D commitment. I just got a feeling that you're going to see at least uh, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson in that top four. Maybe Ohio State would be the fourth school there. Um, You see a couple quarterbacks there, Ryan Montgomery, Matt Zellers. Isaiah Gibson is an edge out of uh, Warner Robins, Georgia. Josh Petty, we mentioned him earlier, the five-star offensive lineman. He is also needs to put on some weight. Uh, number eight, stays at number eight for the second straight week is Darren Ikenabon out of Hillside High School, Hillside in New Jersey. Uh, big four-star edge, about 6'6", 240 pounds. Also a native. Family roots are also in Nigeria as well. Georgia definitely having a Nigerian connection with uh, guys like Samuel Mpemba, guys like Nimandi Igboko, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. Great culture there starting to uh, – Starting to, starting to rise up there in Athens. Those are kind of number eight through 15. And then number one through seven is definitely as loaded as we could make it right there uh, in terms of the class. You'll see in the first, you'll see amongst the first group right there, you'll see Julian Juju Lewis. He is a commitment out of U.S. He's currently committed to USC. He's at Carrollton High School, as discussed earlier. Going through the list there, you see the number one guy on the list uh, for the class of 2025 top targets. Number one is David Sanders Jr. Um, going to be tough for the dogs to win, win that one. It's going to be one of those uh, definitely uh, bare-knuckle brawls, uh, maybe loser leaves town match with there. I think Georgia, Clemson, Tennessee, those feel like the schools that are kind of in it. Hearing a lot about Clemson there with David Sanders Jr. there as well. Um, also on the list, Elijah Griffin, number two out of Savannah Christian. Uh, moving down the list, you've got number three, uh, number four. You, you, you've got a pretty good, pretty good group there. You see names like Zayden Walker popping up. You see names like Travis Smith popping up. Like those top targets, that number one through 
uh, number one through eight, one through seven group, Cortez Smith, Parkview High School, Juan Gaston Jr., Travis Smith Jr., Zayden Walker. Look at that. Georgia, 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 North Carolina. Did we tell you that Georgia wants to kind of reap the rewards of a lot of uh, homegrown talent in 2025? That's a running theme for this class in 2025 there as well. Guys, those are your top targets. Like I said, David Sanders Jr. is going to be a heck of a fight for Georgia to try and have to win. He was recently named the player of the year in North Carolina. Not only is he a junior to win the player of the year in North Carolina, but also be an offensive tackle. Very hard to do. I think that shows you a lot about his skill set. David Sanders Jr., the five-star. George is definitely amongst the teams to watch there for him. Those are your top early targets for February the 14th. 2025 here on Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger. Guys, I tell you what, I tell you what, that has been a show. We've put together a lot of stuff to look at right here for the class of 2025. We take we took a look at, uh, had a great conversation, I thought, with Ethan Barbour. We talked over, under, and five stars for the 2025 class. We preview the Under Armour All-American camp that's happening this weekend, this Sunday in Atlanta. Uh, we talked about uh, big top Top eight settled in right now for Travis Smith Jr. at Westlake High School. Can Georgia go two for two with two big top targets from the Westlake Lions in the uh, in the state of Georgia right there? It's Cam Newton's old high school right there. Can the dogs go two for two there? It's going to be one of the bigger storylines in the class, but storylines is what you turn to each and every week here on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Folks, that, all of that right there has been your intel I'm Jeff Sintel. Everybody be well. Happy Valentine's out day out there, everybody. Love the one you love. Love the one, you, the one you're with. If you can't love the one you love, you guys have yourself a great night. Enjoy Valentine's Day. And we will see you again very soon on the pages of dognation.com. You guys have a great one. Let's go, I'm a bulldog, so Georgia who won't pick it. I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never-